1: The foolish frailty of men used to promote the glory and goodness of God. That's the subject of our time today here on Truth for Today. (laughs) To seriously consider the way God operates is to stop and consider. How odd and how strange it is at times. It just doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't compute. But at the end of the day, it always brings about the glory to God that is rightly to his name and his honor. Welcome. This is Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard. You know, as you review the Apostle Paul's life laid out for us in chapters eleven and twelve of Second Corinthians, you think, man, God used this guy. Well, he certainly did, to his amazing glory. Let's join Pastor Phil and find out more, shall we, on this edition of Truth For Today. We've got
2: to be finding ways and become a lifestyle that we are pursuing lost people at all times. And it's the hardest thing the church does. Because this church has never had an evangelistic pastor. I'm a teaching pastor. Uh, I get close to evangelism because I can exhort you and make you feel guilty that you're not doing it. But I can't make you do it. I can't make myself do it. Are we other-centered, lost people? Too often we treat lost people like the enemy instead of the victims. They are enslaved and need the good news. So evangelism Is one of our pressing burdens. We struggle with it all the time. We've only had a few people that have stepped forward in mercy teams. They've worked with Sean or Edwin and some of you. We've all been in there. Uh, When I first hired Steve Fernandez years ago in this church, it was for the purpose of evangelism. We did evangelism explosion in those days. It's the thing. They call it the downward escalator in every church. We, we all want to have a Bible class, but you can't have a Bible class with someone you've never reached. If you think it through, oh, well, you say, well, no, no, I, I want to be with saved people. Well, how'd they get saved? Somebody reached them. Was it you? No, no, I, that's not my gift. Forget about your gift. Did you reach them for Christ? You won't have anyone to teach eventually if we're not reaching, if we're not getting. Who are you going to teach? The same people over and over, and they say, man, I've heard this a hundred times. Why? sure you have. Why don't you tell it to people who have never heard it once? We keep trying to convince the convinced. And they say, you don't say it as good as you used to. No, because you've heard me say it a hundred times. Guess what? It's supposed to be multiplied. Go, go, share the gospel, then teach them. And we take that as the equipping and we combine it with Ephesians 4 that God gave gifted men to equip his people. And what was the purpose of equipping them? That they would be mature and get where they can minister in the body of Christ and build up one another. So that it just, just keep going. You go and you grow You go and you grow. And that's that's before us. That's what our purpose is all about. And in the middle of all this, not just the middle, the preeminent thing is exalting Jesus Christ. Uh, I just heard a man say, there are no great preachers. There's only a great Christ. Christ is preeminent. And the thing you and I have to answer, is he in charge of what we do? We have to evaluate our ministries. Whatever we're doing, we could turn into a club. We could turn into the way down church. We turn into this thing. I always put the ruler of these criteria. Does it exalt Christ? Does it reach unsaved people? Does it help saints mature? See? And then out of that, we have two auxiliary things, two auxiliaries. If you're new here or uh, how many of you grew up in a small church, small church under 100 people? Anybody grow up in a church that's small? How many of you, this is the largest church you've ever been in? Okay. Well, when you go through, come through those doors back there, some of you know the same. That's why we're trying to get you to shake hands with someone you don't know. Now, if you just came through there the first time, and let's say one, maybe I'm unsaved. Uh, Do you ever shake hands and welcome an unsaved person? And please don't don't please don't hand them an offering envelope. (laughs) Glad to have you. Here's three envelopes. Uh, Do you just say, uh, do any of you love sinners? That's so weak, I'm really scared. No. Many Christians don't. They barely love one another. He said in John 13, 34, the world won't believe you really love God and that you fall in Christ until you love or do you knock on Christians? If you do cut it out, you're in sin. You don't have to like all you don't like to, you don't have to like everybody God saved. They don't like you either. You don't look like them. You don't vote like them. You're not the same color. Who cares if you like who God chooses? You got to love them. Big difference. Big difference. I love you sisters, but thank God I just married one. And I dated a lot of different Christian girls. They were wonderful. Wonderful, but... As soon as I took them home, I said, she's not for me. Wonderful Christian girl, but there's just something about the twitch in her eye just didn't match. (laughs) I get to marry who I like. I got to love even the gal I didn't marry as a sister. Do you follow me? I can't hear you out there. You don't have to like vanilla ice cream. You still go to heaven. You don't have to like everybody in the church. There's some people that like me that leave this church because they don't like the church. What I'm afraid of: some like the church that don't like me. So what do we do? We're stuck. Get over it. Get over it, Mister Self Centered. When do people have to be what we want them to be? Do you love a sinner? Do you care about their eternal state? Well, uh, we do two things in this church. We try to do it. It's not in the Bible, but we try to do it. We call it infold and enlist. Infold is basically this. If you come here, you come to this church, and you're here with us, uh, let's say you dare come back three times. You like the Donuts. Uh, and uh, you decide to hang out. How can we make you feel a part of this family? Well, there's two things we do. We try to move people from attenders to members by our core value membership class. It's just an effort to introduce you more of what this church is. We don't know what your background may be, so that, I think that's a kindness we've said. This is what we're about. Then what we're really uh, trying to push, and I think we should have done it for years, uh, is small groups. We, we want you to be assimilated in this church. Let me tell you what happens in many churches. We always worry about who comes through the front door. And boy, we'll say, we had great attendance, sir. we had a lot of new visitors come. But something you have to do, you've got to close the back door. And the back door is, I came, and this happens, I either found them friendly or unfriendly. I either felt welcome, wanted, apart, or I didn't. I either became assimilated and joined forces with them, or I just observed, attended, tasted, and I'm still church shopping. And so by God's grace in small groups and in other efforts, we're trying to assimilate you. We want you to feel this is a part of the body of Christ. You could work, fellowship, pray, be loved, and have your burdens shared. We want you. We want to make you feel welcome and to be a part. And so we, want, we seek to be a friendly church. And you, you usually are. You're usually pretty friendly with me. How are we doing with our guest? That's the thing. Let me hurry up here. Uh, I put, how will God's purposes for his church be realized? A people who knows God's purpose for their lives. If you've not yet surrendered your personal life, if you're not right with God, if you're not wanting to do his will, you don't want to hear about the purpose of the church. You've never yielded to his purpose for your personal life. Have you accepted Christ? Have you surrendered to him? Here, Lord, use me. I've I've given myself to be used of you. Only you can do that. Uh, Are you willing to obey Christ? Admit all your fears, all your failures, but I'm willing to be used. Uh, a people that uh, admit I don't have the power to do evangelism, but I will trust the Lord, just like the disciples had to depend on the Spirit. Uh, I would say to you, uh, in doing God's purpose, uh, there's four things that I think you ought to consider. Uh, I don't know where you are in the church. Some of you have come for years. I still don't know what you do in the church. Are you here? Uh, you look nice. But I just wonder if you're in the yoke. Uh, I think of a church we visited. They have a goal in their church, and we came back with it. I share it with you. It sounds almost, eh, I'll, I'll leave the adjective alone. They say they seek for every person who comes to the church to get them for five hours a week, five hours a week, to be considered an active member of that church. What, what do you want them to do? Five hours a week. Well, we'd like for them to attend one service. I'm thinking, duh. Because uh, I grew up where you went to church all the time. Duh. Attend well, that does help. They say to be considered a faithful member in most churches in America today means you attend twice a month that's what in America. people do not go to church like they used to so uh you will attend, okay, good, what else two. That you will belong to a small group where the body can get close enough to you to uh, do the one another's. They can pray for you, bear one another's. We can't do the one another's here, but we can do it in small groups. We can, you know, care, share. Are you in a small group? If you're not, you're missing out. You're missing out on the body, how people can encourage you. Carol and I are going to a small group. If we weren't in that setting and I don't lead it, uh, it's a different dynamic totally than being here on Sunday. I encourage you to get in a small group. It will be a feast for you, it'll be a place where you can get to know people, uh, they can know you. Uh, God's treasures are wrapped up in His people. So get into a small group. All right? And then serve. Now get this. I'm quoting this at the church serve one hour a week. Now, let me ask you this. You're here, so one. Are you in a small group? Why not? I've never been in one. Whatever. You're missing out. I think it'd be a great place for it to feel more a part of us than the other time. I think it'd be a blessing. Where do you serve? And that's where my secretary, Deb McMillan, has taken this on. Uh, And it's more than she needs to be doing. But she's trying to help people. I want to serve. Where can you serve in this church? And I think there's many of you feel that way. And it's not easy for us to know who out there is it that wants to serve. But if you feel like, I want to serve, but I don't know where to serve, everything seems to be covered, oh, you're living with illusions. (laughs) We have all kinds of gaps, all kinds, I mean, from children's church, from children's ministry, uh, youth, I mean, throughout the church, To be of this size and to see what you saw in the film, how many bodies do you think it takes to do that? I mean, it takes an army. Let's say Candy Kingdom when 2,000 people showed up. How many of our people had to be there to manage all that? I mean, the preparation, the food, the candy, on and on. You say, I'm glad we got that over. Guess what? I think yesterday we had about 80 of us at a leadership meeting. The work, the work, the work to produce the, the, all the material. The Ron Hughes that helped make this video with Bill Smith. They worked hours on it. He wrote the script. Oh, I know, I know. He's paid to be good. You're good for nothing. <laughs> you know, we know that. Uh, but it was done. It was done. And so, five hours in your week, five hours, let's say, do you give God's church five hours a week? Many of you don't. You don't serve. You do ten. Praise the Lord for that. And many of you are givers that don't necessarily sign up for service. Boy, we wish we could employ you. What has God gifted you to do? What has God gifted you to do? I think it's something, a businessman in the church, really, you think uh, donuts and coffee. How many of you had a donut today? You're guilty. Go ahead. Raise your hand. Okay. That thing was dying. It it, It went away. And Gene Schnabel, who was one of our elders, picked it up. We told him to give it up because he's an elder. He doesn't need to be out. But he nurtured it had a team of Gayleen and Kathy and and different fine and wonderful people. Then one of our dear deacons, Tom, took it. They, They got plenty to do. But they want to make you feel welcome. They want to make visitors feel welcome. It's just an act of hospitality. Monday, did any of you have coffee this morning? When I grew up, you ate at home. You don't go to church to get a cup of coffee. Huh? When do we start feeding all you Philistines? You know. We're just trying to be friendly. But it happens because people give their body, their time. Somebody picks up the donuts. And so I'm just saying things all over that nursery. Have any of you, wait, before you go home today... Uh, you want a blessing uh, is there any woman here that ever had a baby any don't any of the men raise their hand uh, go by and see our nursery it is fabulous you know how I saw it. my grandson Anthony said you got to see the nursery he Said, you got to go see it I mean man Have you ever been in a nursery that looked like it was on the ark? They kept the animals in it? You ought to go see our nursery. It's outstanding. I mean, good night. I want Carolyn to have another baby. So we just use the nursery. Come on. You know, don't tell her that. That scared the daylights out of her. But uh, I would just say, don't make church life hard. Don't make it hard. We went to the 10. Oh, yeah. The four S's, I would say, I'm I'm in an alliterative mood. I dreamed in S's, G's, and poor Andrew about Drover Patty. all these rhymes. Uh, Just come up. Come to church on Sunday. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. It's so wonderful to preach to bodies and faces and not empty pews. Thank you. And uh, decide you want to belong to a small group. We we don't want to hurt you. We want to know you. And we need to know you. You need to know us. We want you to be blessed. Decide if you're going to serve. If you want to serve, let me know, and I'll forget. (laughs) Let Debbie know, and she might. Well, if you want to serve... We will work with you to see that God gives you a place. We want you. We need you. Did you hear that? We, I don't know what your gift gifted. I don't know what your bent is. We'll find something for you. You should be able to minister in the church you go to. I think of this couple, I go blank, back here that worked at Volleyball Madness. I go out there. I The first time I ever met them and had a conversation, they were out with a bunch of our high school people. And I said, boy, strangers just come into our events. Well, they've been coming to church about a year, working with our kids. What are you doing out here? We wanted to serve. Is that okay with you, pastor? <laughs> I want to know everybody that gets out there and, That your kid hit him in the head with the volleyball. Thanks. What can God do through you and only you that we might be missing out on? We want you. And I want to say to you, I am so blessed by the volunteer army, the elders, the deacons. You know, we've gone through a time of, uh, we for about a year and a half have had an attrition. We went down. We lived through a scandal when, when you have it published on the news and in the newspapers that you employ pedophiles. Do you think we took a hit? People stayed away in the droves that had young people. Do you think we endorsed that? Forty-five years, we never had it happen. And, you know, what I found out I've been in this church when we had downturns. I've been in this church when we were plateaued. And I've been in it when we've had surges. And from God's perspective, he said, I want you to stand in all seasons. I remember when we were building that building, people left our church. It was a downturn in our attendance. I remember when my daughter got pregnant, 200 people left me at one time. I'm not going to a church with a pastor with a daughter that get pregnant. So they went to another church. I remember in that building program, All they talk about is money. All they talk about is money. We were trying to build a building. We never built a building. We needed liquid money to pay for contractors, to buy material. So the physical needs were before. I'm getting out. I'm not going to church when they talk about money. But I want a good building. And I want a good chair. And I want a good nursery. Well, go see the nursery. And guess what? Somehow, I don't know how, but the grace of God, I'm still here. Amen. And I've lived through many seasons. Many seasons. And I want to say to you, I want to say to you that have remained faithful, faithful. You, I cannot tell you how many faithful, wonderful people make up this church. This church is great because of God in you, not me. Preachers come and go. But God has made you a great people. And we're going to grow again we're going to get better. We're going to do, we're going to overcome the slander of the enemy and we're going to stand and watch God rebuild us because we're going after souls. We're going to equip and we're going to correct what's wrong because we're growing. We're growing in grace. Amen. God bless you.
1: And this is truth for today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules